for war. Ready to rap, you ready to talk. Don't run your mouth. All right, motherfuckers, we are back. This is part two with Problematic. The first part of this episode went a little haywire towards, you know, the last third of it. I hope you enjoyed it. I was feeling good, drunk. Been drinking since 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11 o'clock that day, that Saturday. But, you know, I don't want to be disingenuous. Is Is that a proper word to use for that? Problematic. How you doing, baby? Doing good, doing good. Okay. Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we. it took a little while to get this <laughs> audio going, but that's, uh, you know, that's the ups and downs of the podcast. So we left off talking about this. It, it, I don't want to talk about me per se throughout this this podcast, but it's going to be this interview, you know, part five. I don't know how, how long it's going to be, but I'd like to be able to get it done in a timely fashion. But... I, I, when I was listening to a little bit of how we finished off, it was like, maybe it had to do with the alcohol consumption and the weed, but I don't want to get too logged jammed with the things I was doing, but they do kind of coincide of how our paths kind of, you know, went along throughout our uh, 20s, right? To, uh, you know, Hopefully 30 show. years old. So. We we talked about the chump, the champ, I, the chump I called him, but he was the champ. He was the only guy in Burlington I ever saw rap. He was trash. I thought I didn't know at that time I was trash, but you found you just uh, you have to come to terms with that when you're trying to figure it out. So you talked about how I was um, after that first album, First Shot Kills. We talked about the recording of it and you know recording uh, both both albums in the. Uh, in the closet and the process that took but you were talking about how you didn't you couldn't see what i was at that point because it was so raw and what i was yeah, trying and, to i'll just uh, i want to say what i was trying to do for the people what i was trying to do in that album was just express myself and my feelings about what i wanted to say in the realm of hip-hop and rap but the the ability to do that and was just so convoluted and just jammed in i didn't give myself the ability to breathe on when i was doing those kind of writing those tracks i was just trying to say as many words as possible without even thinking about the performance aspect of it and i think that's where a lot of artists can get trapped in if they're you know starting out or whatever that they get they get their mindset is not focused on how to actually perform these songs and maybe it doesn't even matter today because they can do it on soundcloud and youtube and make millions of dollars but if you actually have to perform these songs you have to have the breathing technique to be able to say the words if you don't have seven or eight people like wu-tang to back you up yeah and i mean you know like uh i I'm reflecting on upon the last episode uh i felt kind of bad i felt like i was harsh on you, you oh know, no that's that first I, album but don't feel that way because i i, will, I already knew what i will say I this what though. It was. i will say this you know I've, I've worked with a ton of artists who you know reached out to me and they're you know they want to be a rapper and then you get them in the fucking you get them in the studio and you agree to record them and you realize they have no idea what the fuck they're doing uh you understood sh- song structure you know, on that first album, you knew what song structure was about, uh, you know, the mechanics of it, uh, you know, so I got to give you kudos for that because over the years I'd worked with a ton of, you know, first time, first album artists who had no idea. Even what 16 uh, bars are, you know, that's... Uh... Even what 16 bars are or, you know, chorus versus chorus, intro, chorus versus chorus, outro, uh, what a bridge is or any, any of that <laughs> right, shit. So, yes. like, Transitioning so you... and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, or or how to read a beat and like this is where the verse goes, this is where the chorus goes, uh, or even understand any of that shit. Uh, so I mean, that was you deserve your props for that for sure. Um, I'm not even sure if I understood that on my first one completely, you know. But um, you definitely deserve props for for that. Uh, but it definitely, you know, from your first album to to the last album, it was a, a steady staircase. And, uh, you know, I never, I never, 
you know, gave you your flowers, you know, when we were working together, but you're one of the hardest, one of the hardest working dudes I ever worked with. Um, as far as, you know, you had that like Tupac, uh, you know, quality that you just record, 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 uh, churning shit out, uh, at a crazy pace. Yeah. Even, even throughout all the fucking I was doing, I still just, I always felt like my home was inside with a microphone in front of me, you know, like I loved, I loved writing songs at work or where the fuck, and then getting home and just pounding them out as fast as I could. Quality yeah. wise, you know, whatever the whatever the difference is in all of that process throughout the years is, you know, can be chalked up to that just that work ethic of, I and I don't want to say that I I worked the hardest. I just wanted to write as many songs as possible to try to be better every day. Yeah, I went a lot slower, uh, a lot slower than you. I just didn't come as quick. Uh, you turn you turn shit out at a crazy pace uh crazy pace you probably you've probably at least got three times as many songs as i've got total i think maybe my total is up to like 120 maybe yeah 120. yeah i think i'm i i think all together and i want to say full songs but at least songs that i have i'm counting features too so that's yeah. like songs okay that I okay was yeah it's not gonna be close to 200 you know, i gotta be easy over yeah. two. i know that personally i know I have like 170 songs but that's yeah, not complete. Not solo. all complete. Some are just like a hook, and I have the hooks, but I have only one of Vine verses because they were for other people to be on. But those things never, you know, panned out that way. Yeah, I'm so, counting just all like a beat and a verse if I'm on it, no matter how many people are on it. All those crew joints and shit. I'm counting right, all those and as there's one. Are, those are plenty, especially when you yep. had, we had those sessions of all of us. They were rare, but those were sessions where all of us were there and we just start. You know, write a 16, see what we can accomplish in a day or a night or, you know, early morning. I actually love those days, man. You those, know, go in, just put a 16 in, and uh, you have a track in an hour or and two. I think and those because they had, uh, there were competition between the artists that were there. You know, you, you want to write the best verse in front of the people that not only or your friends, or your, you know, you call your peers, but at the end of the day, hip-hop is a uh, competitive music. It's a, it's a, it's a art, and I think any kind of artist, you know, country, rock, or whatever, you want to, you want to be the best. If you don't think you're the best, I don't think you can be the best. You know, if you don't have that thought process, I don't think you're ever capable of reaching the other side. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things to do, is come in, and, uh, you know, if not, be the best verse on it than do the most unique shit that that you know is on on the record like everybody went a certain direction and i said okay fuck it i can't go in that direction i'm gonna go diagonal uh and just have a completely different verse yeah and sometimes it's hard to get into a hole that's the size of a dime but the thing is <laughs> so the, the last the last the, so the last that we ended the podcast well the first part was we're talking about that last my first show, because I was, I was trying to, it took me like 10 minutes to explain it because I was so slobbery, nori, drunk. But I was trying to explain the venue that we we're doing the show, which was a place, I think, in Heartland on Nick's land, right? Horace Family's land. I'm not sure. I thought it might have been uh, up in the, like, Stockbridge area, up in the boondocks. I mean, if it uh, was 15, if, if, I don't know how far that is. So I don't know the distance, you know, the timetable or how, it, how long it takes to get from where you were in Heartland to that area. The town is, it's funny though, that I believe the town that those shows were in, if, if B-Rock was there. It was like a barn and, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the town is actually called Gaysville. Uh, how Vermont, <laughs> how Vermont is that? Yeah, keeping, but, uh, it, keeping it real, keeping a buck. It was up in Gaysville. I remember I played there before that show one time. I don't want to keep cutting you off, artist. but I think the stage was an actual like uh, flatbed of a truck or something like that. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was absolutely. Okay. Just to yep. just to make the picture clear for not only the people, but from what I remember for it, so you can you know you can understand what, our, what I was trying to say, what I was trying to accomplish there. And my fan base showed up uh, and mixed with the other fan base, and there were some altercations as there usually were. Right. Uh, you get yeah, everywhere, you get teenagers or twenty year olds all into one area, 
some people are fucking you know the tough guys the hustlers that you know they, they have it you know that's how that some people are and then you got people who just want to listen to the music they want to you know just hang out see some friends and then some other people are there just to kick some ass yeah, Vermont's a fucking crazy salad too, because you got like your hip, you had your hippies at that time, you had your, uh, you know, gangster white boys, uh, you know, which were kind of rolling with us. You had your just regular dudes who, you know, weren't exactly fucking wearing hemp necklaces and shit, weren't exactly rocking baggy pants and yeah. and all that shit. They watched too. the Bulls. And, they uh, watched the Bulls play in the, I mean, Michael Jordan and stuff like that. You know, they didn't know. Yeah. What the other side Regular was, was well, it was really happening <laughs> out here, and this was at the time of. I mean, this was like at the cusp of reggae fest too, which was a big, you know, uh, well reggae concert that was in Vermont, Middle Vermont. I want to say, right? Hardwood. That was in Hardwood. Is that Middle Vermont though? Is that like East? Yeah, it's pretty much. It's pretty much central. Yeah. All right, and I think Cabot. I don't know how many reggae fests there were, but I do remember being at probably the last one with you, and I had some bunk-ass ecstasy, had a stomach ache <laughs> inside that tent, just sweating out while you motherfuckers just out running. You, Spencer, and uh, Garcia, and I I want to say that other dude, I can't remember his fucking name now, but I want maybe it starts with a D. He, he lived right down the road on River Street, the guitar. Huh. Long face, come on, man. Long face, I don't know. <laughs> Long face. He had the guitar upstairs, like in the leather chair. It was a small. He just did. He, right did he live? Live, did he live above the apartment? That no, no. That was a, that in? was Valero. That was a different. That was a guy yeah. later on. But this guy, he was a, he was friends with everybody. Oh. He was. This was early on when we went to, when we moved to. Um, well, there's there's soup. There's soup. Yes. Yeah, no, no, no. This was right up. This was like three houses down from Garcia and Spencer, you and I, at the time. Huh. Oh, David Brent Donnelly. Donnelly. That's Brent, exactly. Brent. Yeah. yeah, Brent. Brent Donnelly. I know there was a D involved. But anyway, okay, so people, we haven't gotten to leaving um, leaving Burlington. But the I think one of the big pieces for us leaving Burlington was we. Well, that, that worked, show that you're talking about, you would. I had already left Burlington. You hadn't left Burlington. Oh, I no, did. no. I hadn't moved down. Oh, yes. You had left. That's yeah. right. Okay. So the show I'm talking about, you had left Williston already. Yeah. Okay. So we have to. And, uh, we have to. Okay. I, I know where wanna, I want to pick up. I know where I want to pick up now because this I, is really important. In timeline, uh, in a timeline thing, I I don't know where you want where you want to go right now. But I, in the timeline thing, I think we had to scoop back into Williston because a big part of our relationship, our, you know, like I said in the beginning, the introduction of the part two was a part of this was uh, Little E and the Sinclair yeah. family. So I didn't know where you wanted to go if that's what you were talking about or I leading mean, we, up to. We can, we Unless can go you back wanted, to that. I mean, well, that I can, was, I can uh, reintroduce it, but tell, I don't want you to lose what you were trying to say. Uh, well, I was kind of going to go into, you know, coming back to Central Vermont. Okay. And, oh, uh, yeah, do that. Do that. And we can talk about Little E after that. Yeah. I mean, because that's its own separate thing. Absolutely. Almost, I just don't want, I don't uh, want you almost... to lose what you wanted to say, what your thought process was about moving back to Heartland after. So I remember moving back home to the area, and I ended up moving to Windsor, mm-hmm. and uh and which is which is a pretty big hub of hip hop in Vermont, not which a, is the birthplace of, of Vermont. Also, just so the people know, it is, and it's it's also not you know impressive. a huge a huge place that uh you know the music kind of grew out of you know for a lot of people good good music bad music, uh just a lot of it. Uh, and why was why was that? Do you know? Do you think? Um, I think it was just me coming down there. Uh, and braggadocious. You know, I like that stirring shit up and you know he he is a shit um, stirrer folks before i even came back down there i'll tell you a story like my on my first album scars uh i had uh there was this guy named adam kulo and uh i know you remember that name i uh yep just for the people let them know (laughs) (laughs) adam kulo is a a kid i grew up with a really good friend of mine spent a Uh, lot of time with kulo outside of being with you ever so i a, a down ass kid, a down ass kid, you know, Ready to ru- who, a rider, uh, a rider, 
is what you would call you it. Could, you, you could literally be like, yo, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson's coming to my house tonight. Let's fuck him up. And, and Kulo's not going to even talk you out of it. Uh, no, he's not gonna be like, he'll be there. He won't even, he won't tell he's you like, he's going to be there. He's going to just show up. Yep. He's going to say, well, let's do it, man. I, I got the fucking baseball bat and, you know, or whatever. He's, he's, he's down for the cause. He'll take the lumps, no doubt. Uh, before I'd even move up to Burlington with you, I was promoting my first album. And this, this Adam Kulo guy, he, uh, he introduced me to some dudes from Windsor. Uh, who were interested in my rap album, rap career, whatever you want to call it. They were just, they were interested and they wanted to sell my CDs. So I ended up getting taken up into this like ghetto ass apartment. And I, and you and I ended up living in that same ghetto ass apartment building eventually, but I didn't, couldn't foresee that. So I ended up going up into this fucking apartment building. There's like, wait, this isn't eight. the place you, we recorded politics. This is a different, this is the Garcia house. Nah, nah, it's that it's the building that we got kicked out of. Oh, the we, one at the top of the block. Yeah, that okay, same fucking okay. that Just same block. To, so for my years before years before I moved up to Burlington with you, I ended up going up there and dropping like 20, 20 discs that I had made. And when I say discs that I had made, we're talking like I burned a CD. I put the sticker on the fucking thing. Oh, yeah, the label the and all case. that shit. Yeah, people don't know I about printed, that. I printed the covers. I opened up the fucking thing where the disc goes. I put the fucking cover in the back. Like, they they had, they had looked legit like they could be in a store, but each one took probably 20 minutes. Too long. So Too I, dro- long. I dropped, like, 20 of these fucking CDs on this kid, right? And, uh, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, sell them and get back to me. I'll give you... You know, you give me back, like, 100 bucks. I'll, you know, I'll cut you, like, fucking... I don't know what it was. I made him a deal, right? You sell these CDs, you can make money off them. I wanted to distribute in Windsor, you know, and get the get my work out and, and just have this person do it. So I go up into this fucking ghetto ass apartment. There's like <laughs> ten. There's like ten Sorry. dudes up there. Sorry, Ding the bells dong. are ringing. Yeah, the bells are ringing. Let them ring out, folks. There's it's, like it's ten dudes up in there, right? They're all smoking blunts. I go up there. They they want me to rap. I rap for them. I drop these CDs off. They all show respect and all this shit. And, um, I end up leaving the CDs there. I totally forget about them, right? And go on with my life. And uh, when I, I go up to Burlington, I live up there for like a year and a half, almost two years. And I come back down to Windsor. And, you know, it, I'm in my early 20s. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm struggling financially. But I remember that some dude here in this town owes me some CD money, right? <laughs> he's got, he's got something. He's got some pay up to get. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm back in town. Like, somebody owes me some money, right? And Kulo's getting, hanging out again, right? I'm getting McDoubles tonight, he says. Yep. I ain't seen Kulo in years. So, uh, and I, I didn't forget. And I'm like, hey, you know, so-and-so owes me fucking money for CDs, right? And uh, ironically, right, so by this time, uh the people that took my CDs and were selling my CDs and were supposed to pay me back, they ended up forming their own rap group. Go figure, right? And uh, so they're out on the mean streets of Windsor. They have a rap group, right? So I put the word out there that I'm looking for my money. And uh, and basically I got like a fuck you back, right? So me being who I am, uh, I didn't take kindly to it. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I, I fucking, I got pissed off and started running my mouth. So, I end up moving to Windsor, and immediately, as soon as I get in town, I start shit with these people who owe me CD money. And it ends up transpiring into, like, real street beef. Like, dudes chasing me. Dude's chasing me down, dude's riding by my house, people trying to catch me at the convenience store. And this is all, all by shit. when you're by yourself here? In, back yep. home? Yep. Pretty much, uh, and then my my friends end up moving down to that River Street place that you, that you were talking about earlier. Right. Uh, but I had li- I had lived up on on that same ghetto brick building uh, when I first rolled in the town. I lived up there by myself. I had Kulo on my couch, right? But and and uh, you know that was fun. But so I I come into town, I stir cr- crazy shit up, right? And at this point, um, I hadn't really had any rap beef whatsoever. You know, no. I'd just been. Is this, are you talking about, are any of the people that were selling your CDs part of that 202 click? That's exactly who they were. Okay, I just <laughs> want to, exactly I, I just want to, because I think I've they, talked about the 202 click before, that's because uh, obviously I had some rocks thrown at my car, but 
And obviously the well, big beatdown that you gave a bunch of those kids when I was, I eventually moved back to, when I eventually moved down there. But um, was one of those kids, one of the kids, <laughs> was there a, a normal kid that you gave CDs to, like a little pudgy guy that was like your man? Yeah, there was a, he always, a like, kid named David. I don't yeah, David. Uh, <laughs> he was and, uh, always he had, he down. He was up, always down to sell the CDs or get the CDs. The dude showed up. At, showed up at my apartment. Yeah, he hustled CDs for yeah. sure. And uh, and he would show. He like showed up at my apartment. Kid was you know cool as hell, big fan, and uh, he would sell the CDs. And um, he ended up being he was like a cousin because you know in in like Windsor everybody's related and shit. Yeah, you know? I mean that's I guess so. And uh, so when I started getting into it, I started getting into it with these dudes. Finally, I got bored, right? And I'm like, all right, I'm going to take it to these dudes. Like, I think maybe they had released a record, and, like, somebody had gotten back to me and said, like, oh, these guys released a disc record. And so it was you're, talking, you're still talking about the 202 click, okay? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the guys that owed me CD money, right? So uh, one of their disc songs that they made, like, so it was, it was just a loose shot. You know, someone had been, like, you know, just a one-liner with my name in it. And there was a bunch of shit going around about me anyways, you know. There was the, the crew that I had started before I went to Burlington, which was the original politics. They had kind of disseminated and grown their own shit. And on their record, like, people were coming to me, and, you know, they were, you know, bringing me these records, and like, I think they're talking about you on here. And I'm like, uh, okay, all right. Uh, and, of course, I was just, I was, you know, ready to pull a gun at, a, you know, all all times, lyrical gun, of course, you know, but... I was right. looking for problems, you know. I was loaded for bear, looking for problems. Uh, so, these guys started it on me. So I got, I got right into it, and I basically made a whole record dissing everybody who said anything about me. Um, and that's one of the. And you were on that record, I think. You, maybe we we spit over. We had uh, we had, we had uh, affirmative action. There was a affirmative bunch of, action. Uh, a bunch of G, early June stuff. Yep, early G unit stuff. It was all you know, B side instrumentals, right. you know, like mixtape mm -hmm. fifty cent style, because that's you know we were bumping that shit heavy. We were really all about that mixtape. And that was format. still recording on that Tascam, right, or something like that. Whatever that. No, nah, there was a different one. It was actually that uh, that Brent guy you were talking about earlier. It was he had a different um, multi track digital recorder, and we were started recording on that. And uh, I think our sound quality actually went down. <laughs> I do think so because I can, I can, well, except for affirmative action that there's a bunch of songs off of the, that, uh, thicker than water, you know, <laughs> like those, yep. it was just, just horrendous to listen to. Like bad, like bad room, like, I don't know, bad recording space or, or, or something. It was just really, uh, you know, brazen vocals. Right. Uh, and some people actually, some people liked it cause it was like, very almost raw. like that. Yeah, very raw. Um, almost like that Onyx style, you know. Uh, some people actually liked it, but yeah, added a different I, kind of I, tone when, to it. Had a different kind of tone. It was really raw. Uh, I'm glad that we finally figured out what the fuck we were doing, and you know, I we ended up record re-recording some of those songs. Yes, which was a later, smart, but, was smart play. But it worked. It worked in a pinch. So ended up taking making the politics taking out the garbage album. Taking and, out the garbage. Yep. Taking yep, out the yep. garbage album, and it was another album with you know the members of the group wearing presidential face masks and just real kind of gangster ghetto looking oh, yeah. shit. Down, uh, down and, by uh, where Soup used to live, we took some pictures where that uh, girl uh, bodies was found. The, yep, the runner. Yep, absolutely. Um, and at this point, it was me. Um, and and I, I had a, a hold on just one second. I, when I get a preference. I get a preference. What I just said. So long before I think anybody I, I even knew about it before even Mr. Problematic was able to uh, walk out of Pampers. Uh, there was a woman back in the 80s who had uh, was hiking or uh, just running on some road that was in Heartland. And uh, she was she was killed. Times. Yeah, she was killed. But um so just I just want to preference that for the people. Don't I? I kind of said it in a way that oh yeah, that old that runner one time. So her body just came up. Yeah. So it's just it, it wasn't him. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. We didn't do that. Oh yeah, hundred percent didn't do that. Was it? Didn't even know. We, where, we didn't even know I was in Vermont when she was uh, unfortunately passed away. If we were gonna stab somebody, it would have been somebody from one of those rap groups. But 
Yeah, I would. Neither here nor there. Yeah, fuck my car and, up. And, and that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Even None if it that. did happen, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, okay. So, so uh, we're politics taking out the garbage album. Um, I end up taking in this kid who's like 15 years old at the time, right? And there you go. Used to be uh, a member of this this 202 click, uh, this rap group. The guys that were up on the couch, you know, that I gave my CDs to. Uh, and they, I don't think they rapped at the time. I, actually, hold on, wait. I'll give the guy his due. He had one record uh, when I went and visited no. him and gave him my CDs. He had he had well, one record. It's okay that, to say people's names if you don't you don't mind saying it. But so you're not, are you talking about a guy in two hundred two or are you talking about XP explicit? Uh, not explicit. No, the so, dude, the the, some, the main uh, member, Ken E. Yeah, from two hundred two had. Did, he he had one record. In I don't I don't and, even remember his name. I could care less. So the people out there in the world, I listen. He was useless. He was just a p- CD pusher who uh, heard one of the best uh, artists probably around in his area, and probably tried to emulate and learn from what he was supposed to be selling. But I'd probably just listened to it and used that as uh, ammunition in some way. But I I think. I think Kulo had introduced me to him because he had recorded an actual record. And for anybody to record an actual record at that something. time, it auto- automatically made you something, right? Because you, you had a record. So what, for the regardless kids, it's of, called Clout today. Clout of what it was, regardless of what it was or how you recorded it, uh, it, was, it. it was something. You uh, and you were, you were you know touted as the person with a record. So I ended up meeting him and hearing his record, and I gave him my CDs, Scar's Life in the Rear View to Sell. He ended up, you know, forming his own group while I was away in Burlington. There was a bunch of stuff kind of grew out of this area after Scar's Life in the Rear View. And when I came back from Burlington living with you, uh, those things had started to grow. And when I came back into town, it was like, oh, fuck, you know, he's back. Like, what are we going to do now kind of thing. Um, so... This kid used to be, I think he was actually one of the kids that was on the couch when I came and visited that apartment and dropped off those CDs and, you know, spit bars with those guys and, you know, and when it was all cool with these guys. Uh, but X, XP, Marshall Quimby, um, he's like 15 years old. He ends up joining politics. Um, and I'm working with this kid and we recorded a ton of records for the politics taking out the garbage album. Uh, you know, meanwhile, you're, you're still in Burlington. You're working on um, your I, second album. So I hadn't even recorded a second album yet. No, you were. You were. You were working on your it. second album. Yeah, in that in a in a different studio or something like that. Uh, and at that point, you that know, was the I'm one on the Barry across band. from the strip club. That's what I was. Uh, yeah, and your and your your shit at that point sounds a lot better than mine uh, sonically. Uh, so you know, I was like, still Damn, forcing you know? a lot, still forcing and trying to get things in where they shouldn't be. But that's you know, you learn those things. And you came down for a little bit and. Uh, I think it was there a for a week, records. maybe a, a week, uh, you know, four, four or five days, maybe a weekend, long weekend yeah. or something like that. Chilling in the crack house. Yeah. Uh, With whatever. I can't remember that broad's name, skinny little black haired broad. I can't. Yeah. But we yeah. don't have to say her name. I'm just saying <laughs> that's what the broad, broad was. <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah that's she ended what, up being a crack. She ended up being a crack smoker. Uh, <laughs> I think there were a lot like, of crack smokers down there, though. Like a lot of people in Windsor. But, uh. Yeah, and then my buddies, my buddies lived right down the road at River Street, so I would be bouncing, bouncing from River Street up to there. Had my own par- apartment on Main, and that brick, big, uh, big brick building there for a little bit. Okay, but I'm in the hood basically. I'm down there. I'm in the hood. And, so I just uh, want to say, ask you a question here: Is yeah, when you get back and you, you know you realize that all these people, so for like a year and a half, for two years, have been marinating in your with the music that you made and have you know started to make their own music and stuff like that. When you realize that they were now saying things and they, you know, trying to uh, gain fame kind of off of your name by saying, you know, just drop once or twice. If you say someone's if you say another artist's name in a rap and it's not like praising that motherfucker, people are taking a front to that. So I'm going to I want to ask is did was the reason you made or you know reconstructed politics and made that album taken out the trash did you want to make that based on the fuel did you use that for the fuel of it yeah i basically album? wanted to i basically wanted to come back in into town and you know mark my territory and be like i'm back you know you, you guys can shut your mouths now uh get down or lay down kind of 
philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I said, there was there was that when I came back into town. That's when the shit started up with Bread Truck, uh, you know, and you know Brooke and and, and these are guys. two different entities at the time. Two hundred two different Bread entities, Truck are so, two different entities, but I think they kind of yeah. correlated together, didn't they? Have like they didn't have a problem with each other. No, they didn't. Uh, okay. They didn't even really recognize recognize each other at, at you know at that time. But uh, you know, somebody came to me and they had Bread Truck had used, and I don't. I think they were actually called the Cream Team at that point. <laughs> it was a Cream Team. I've heard that. They story. weren't even. Yeah. They weren't even called the Bread Truck, uh, but they were called Cream Team. And one of the members was in the original politics group that I I formed before I came to Burlington. So it was Benny, and they, you, and somebody else. Yep, and I don't think Benny was involved with it anymore, but um, this other rapper, Behave, was. Behave, and, uh, oh man. <laughs> Behave, yeah. And they, and what he a had, uh, anyway. And they had even, they had remixed an, a song that I wrote for them. So they used a chorus that I wrote for them. They were having, stru- they were having problems writing songs and understanding sh- song structure right. when, I, when I first got with them. So I was writing a lot of their songs. I'm like, I'm going to write a chorus. And then you guys are going to write the verses in between. I was teaching them song structure. So when I came back from Burlington, they had a record out. And some dude had ran to me with this record. And it was my chorus, verbatim. Nothing changed about it whatsoever. Just a different dude singing my chorus that I wrote. And then new verses on it from new artists. And it sounded good. I'm not going to lie. Like, uh, you know, Brooke, uh, you know, ill-defined Brooke, I think at, at, I can't remember what he called himself back then off the top of my head but um he knew what he was doing behind the boards he, you know he, he always knew what he was doing behind the boards so his sound quality was good it sounded good and i'm not gonna lie i was you know i was like damn like i know, wish i had a piece of that i wish my shit sounded this good right now not Brooke, uh, but the sound quality the sound quality right. uh but there was a line on there it was either by brooke or it was by behave which was kind of like a passive aggressive diss to the originator of the record, which was me, you know, like it was, it was just a passive aggressive diss and I took it super personal. Um, but it was I your, just, I went, the shit you made, they were using the shit you made. Yeah. And not really giving any, any credit or even reaching out to me, you know, like, like they knew it was up, you know, like I, I taught, you know, behave and all those guys, you know, the game and all that shit. And they didn't want to recognize it, you know, just being real. So I came back into town and put out politics, taking out the garbage, went at everybody, everybody that even thought they could get on a record. And that whole era of beef and back and forth lasted like two or three fucking years, Mm -hmm. two or three years. Uh, And some, you know, I don't think the 202, they never gotten, they never got any better in their responses. So eventually I just said, all right, I'm done with these guys. They're not important. And uh, the, it heated up between Bread Truck and, and our crew. Um, and eventually, um, things fell apart with, with uh, XP um, because I think we had a show. And it might even have I been... I think it wasn't he didn't show, show up for it, right? I think it was the show, your first show, that he was supposed to show up for. Was that the one we and, did with Hexeroy or no? No, no. I'm pretty sure it was the one up your first show. Uh you it mean, was around the same time. Oh, you mean the one I did a Call Me Bud on? Yep, I'm pretty sure. The one I just uh, walked was, up into. Yep. He I was, was supposed I to show okay. He was supposed to show up for that and kind of backed out last minute. And I got Oh, that's when he went on the outs on that. It makes sense too because you don't I he, mean you, you you I just want to tell the people when you when you do a show so pro, uh, problematic at this time he's he's very good on stage. Even I mean, I'm not going to say he's at the peak of his abilities. I'm saying he's very good on stage. He knows he can remember his lines, you know, stuff like that. He can do a song with girls jerking him off. He's very, you know, very <laughs> talented. And this was the show you're talking about is that show, correct? B-Rock yeah, I'm pretty sure. He was, spo- he was supposed to show up for that show and kind of backed out last minute. And um, uh, I, ch- I chastised him. I, I kind of sunned him. Uh, and he's not the type of dude to be sunned. Uh, and he took it personal. Um, 
And next but he's still know, young. He would, I mean, he was a young kid, and he, he should have understood. Been 15 or 16. You know? Well, so let me just. I just want to. I want to get to the point I was trying to make here. So he, Manic is ready to do a show, and he's set up for other people to perform and maybe do songs with him. Blah blah blah. So when you prepare for that and you set that up, and people don't show up for it, it's it doesn't just immediately hurt like your feelings it hurts your set it hurts your performance what's going to happen because now you have to rearrange things and you have to do that all on the fly and it's not like you have an hour and a half show and you can just you know x nay one or two songs or blah 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 this is i mean yeah sometimes 30 seconds 30 minutes 30 second 30 minutes 25 minutes set you know you're just in and out and Sometimes you show up to a venue and you have to tell the DJ, oh, DJ, skip to track three. You have Mm -hmm. to yell that, you know, in front of the crowd while you're on stage, and it makes you look like a fucking jackass. It does. But but let's also remember that this kid, we we are all kids at the same time, but this kid was a, a lot younger than us. So I, yeah. I'm not giving him excuses. I'm not saying anything for that. That, but I'm just trying to let me just explain that for the people listening to the podcast. So go ahead. And sir. I mean, I'm going to circle right back, you know, later on, I'm going to circle back around to him because, uh, you know, super proud of that kid at this point. I just don't want you but to go we'll too get... far because I want you to, we have to, there's something we have to talk there's about. There's a lot, there's a lot back. more. <laughs> we have to, we have to go back to get further ahead. But if you, so, I don't want you to feel like I'm cutting you off. If you have something you want to, uh, you know, continue with. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you know, moves pretty quickly. Uh, you know, at that point, a lot of my and I and this is one of my biggest regrets as an artist too, is getting caught up in that those beef records because they took a lot of energy, uh, a lot of attention. You know, it's almost like now you know the social and media time people, and tracks, like, time and tracks. Yeah, like think about like if you're an average dude and you're not a you're not a fucking hip hop artist and you're not trying to you know communicate through song or compete through song. Like, let's just say you posted something on Facebook. You know, just a regular ass John Doe, you posted something on Facebook and your fucking little notification thing is just dinging all night, right? And you're 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 in an online fight. Yeah, knife handles tapping at your window. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, you're going back and forth online. Uh, you know, a rap beef is ten times ten times that. You know, the you know how people get all frenzied on Facebook and they they got to reply. Yeah, and, gotta, and you gotta, can type that within seconds. And you spend, some people spend days on a fucking thread just going back and forth with people. And then eventually they're like, look how much time in my life that I wasted. I don't even know if a lot of people get to that point, though. This pointless argument. I've seen a million, I've seen it a million times. I've actually, I've, I've been part of that shit. Too. Yeah, but the uh, but, <laughs> the regret of wasting so much time, I don't think people get that because they, as soon as they get the re- that feeling of regret, they're moved on to a different one. Yeah. Some people do, and then some people say like I'm I'm done, like I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave shit alone. Like that's where I'm at now on social media is I just you know, all right, yeah yeah, I said one thing, fuck you. But if I could have done that in music back then, I I probably could have uh, focused on better content. Like a lot of those diss tracks, and you know I said earlier my my catalog is like 120 songs, something like that. You know probably 60 of those, maybe half of them, yeah, are are songs responding to beef. You know, the back and forth beef shit. Yeah, devoted was, to somebody else's bullshit. That, that nobody will ever ever even know. Like or care when about. I play it when I play it for people that I've just met, you know, when I play them my music, I'm just like, Okay, uh I gotta, gotta give them a backstory. Yes. <laughs> I gotta give them the biography. Like, let me tell you uh what this record is all about. It's like watching a documentary on uh Netflix or Hulu or whatever you're watching your net or Amazon you're watching Netflix you as soon as it gets interesting you're you're like okay let me type this in Wikipedia and that it, you're talking about I have to read the Wikipedia page before I can actually watch this video. Well, well listen to those listen records to is like yeah is like jump is you're like, like what is this what is this stuff mean? what are you who are these people what's what's he talking about what's going on in this it's confusing yeah. Yeah, because no one understands the relation to what you're talking about. They just they don't know if you don't know directly these people, or yeah. been in the area to know it or the time frame, then you're you're missing it. You're just not. You're never gonna understand. And you'd feel the same way if you know 
you lived on Mars and all of a sudden you come back to Earth and the first record you hear in 1996 is Hit 'em Up. Right. You know, you'd be like, who the fuck, you know, why are who they, are they talking about? Who is, why are they mad? Who is Lil C's? You know, who is, you know, who fucked whose bitch? You know, Lil it was kind of that, it was, why it was kind of that little? shit. <laughs> it was, so like half, half of my catalog in this era ends up being beef records and some of them are really great. You know, when you talk about flows and mechanics and, and, you know, energy, like they're really great records. They I really still are. listen to affirmative action probably every two months or something like that. It's I mean, I listen to some of those records like karma killer for me are, are mean as shit. Like, you know, up there with like M some of Eminem shit on D12, you know, the, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just the lyrics, the lyrical content and the flows that I was using, you know, but I was charged, man. Like when, pe when people were beefing with me and, and I had to respond, like I got on another level uh, and it, it brought out some really good shit lyrically in me. So, you know, I can't totally regret it, but I could have been, you know, making the stereotypes kind of records like sometimes and stereotype one and two and simple man and the vibe and, you know, songs like today and all that shit. I could have spent my time doing that shit than getting caught up in these guys that uh, that really didn't even probably even care. They, you know, they all got together one Saturday night and, you know, got high and, and just threw their shit together in, in two hours. It's it's funny that you say it that way because I don't I never even thought about that. Their thought process in it, like about their how much process. Are they, how much it. are they caring about this? I just maybe maybe they really thought that that you know they were on the cusp of something. And big. I'll say that I don't, I don't know how much I cared. I just knew that you cared about it, and I was I wanted to be obviously I was your man, so I wanted to do. I would, I'm I'm there for whatever, and I probably said that plenty of times, but uh, I didn't know the extent of what was going on because I was just visiting at the time. I wasn't even living down there. So I was just, and again, I, if I'm at that point where I'm only, I'm in my second album, I've definitely not even come close to what your ability is, your skill level as an MC is. And I want to, I would even go as far as to say that probably XP had better skill level than I did at the time. He was a special talent, man. Uh, Very I'm not going to lie. Like, wow. That kid, that, that uh, kid is an unbelievable talent. And even today, um, you know, he's, you know, 30-something years old trying to navigate what hip-hop is now. Um, you know, I know I'm hopping around a little bit with yeah, him, but yeah, it's all good. He, just, he, he just made a record, uh, his most recent record. His album, really, so you're saying, yeah. His most recent album. Yeah. I can't remember what the name of it is now. I can't uh, either. I'm just, I'm I know so, you were on it. I'm so, I'm so uh, disconnected from it, but... Um, as, he as really, I am too. He, he really tried to, because he was getting, you know, I feel for him because he was getting labeled as boom bap. Oh, really? You know, by, huh. by the Vermont powers that be. Anything that anything that's remotely lyrical or remotely good that we boom would feel bap? that is that good. That doesn't seem right. They call it boom bap. Like it's this 90s boom bap. They always, because it's not that, you know, that, that drill, you know, that shit that they play now, that drill shit, you know. Um. So he, he ended up making a record recently where he really tried to, like, fit in with the times. And it would be something that I would find totally hard to do, you know, to try to fit the mold of today's rap. You know, mix in with the, with the Drakes and, but and he all wasn't the shit doing, that's going on The thing on is, uh, I mean, XP, if you're listening, you know, it's all love. I'm just going to give you the real shit. But I, I don't think he was doing shit. He's not, he was doing shit every year. You know, it's like, if you're not connected to it throughout the whole evolution as hip hop has been since, you know, you started making it or even listening to it. If you're not as an artist, if you're not making music every year or even honing your skills that way, the, I mean, I think we had the discussion in one of our chats when I started the podcast was talking about how Jada kiss one of Jada kiss's albums, the like yeah. newer one that he's had. And it's just yeah. like he can't. It's like maybe it's just because so, I know him from the '90s. You know, like the sound is the what the sound is. You can try. You can try to. He's, just he's like evolved since money, power, respect. But absolutely you know. evolved. I'm just saying that it's not what these kids listen to today, 
or no, what's popular hip hop, you know. But I mean that XP record, you know, I when I was talking to XP about it, you know, I I to me it felt like his 808 808s and Heartbreak mm-hmm, album. Mm-hmm. That different, that weird, that left field of what you normally do and it takes a lot to do that i don't think i ever did that which is all good just a just uh as an artist have i mean can you say can you say that you did that you know i can't say that i did that well my last never went my last album i was way i wouldn't say because i i think i was always with that i was always with the different sound yeah i mean i know like i on get richard i rhyming and all those records and shit you know i tried to channel you know, the the Jeezy shit that was going on like that, you know, the content, the, but I mean, like, as drastic as 808s and Heartbreak was for Kanye compared to the shit he was doing, like, I, I know personally that I, I didn't take a left like that, um, and that's admirable for someone to do that. I mean, I love that album, 808s and Heartbreak. Uh, I hated it the first time I heard it. I thought it was the weirdest fucking shit, um, but... I feel like out of out of that album, you know, it, there was a lot of birth to a lot of the shit you heard for years after that. I mean, now we're talking 808s and Heartbreak now is probably like 12 years old or some shit. Is, probably. 808s doesn't point. have uh, Hey Mama. What's Hey Mama on? Uh, That's not that on that been, album? Was that on that, that album? Been a, hey Mama. Nah, nah, I'm pretty sure 808s and Heartbreak is uh, RoboCop. Uh, it's the all the the auto tune album. Oh, it's uh, all, just, yeah, I I got you, I got you, I hear you. It's the crazy auto tune album. Um, but yeah, you know, like I just wanted to close the XP thing, but you know, he uh, well, he's gonna he come went, back up. It's just a uh, he went crazy left field, uh, and you know that's admirable because I don't know if I could have done that, and I I never really did that. I was always who I was. Once I evolved into my final form, basically. It was just variations of flows, you know, kind of like Jada Kiss, you know, when I. You, yeah, but he you does took. What see, he does. So, what the, the comparison I'm trying to make is that. Not a comparison, but I'm just. Expl- I'm trying to explain the from seeing it from the, my view is that you took. You kind of had the same kind of gaps. Like, I don't think XP has been making music consistently throughout his career. There's gaps in like where he makes an album, where he doesn't make an album. Yeah, I'm not sure what his numbers are. I'm pretty sure he's got us both beat, but. Well, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm, still now, I gotta, now I'm gonna get. Now I'm get drunk like Nori again, <laughs> but I'm fucking completely sober. I don't think. I don't he, care. I don't even think like that. But uh, if yeah. he's got more, if he's got more songs, great. But where's I? I want to know the performances. You show me the performances that you know. Oh, here we go. Half hour. Um, Ding. You know, I, I just, I want it to me. I, I think about things in different wavelengths when it comes to artists, especially if it's locally, like Vermont. Like it's, it's a such a small, knitted state, but it's not when it comes to artists. Like I've never, I, the only artists I know are the ones I've ever done a show with or um, live near. And I'm saying near. When I say near, I'm saying five miles, ten miles. I don't know. Like when we you talked about Wombaticus Rex, like I don't. If yep. I saw that dude in a lineup, I wouldn't be able to pick him out. Not today, but back with then. I, I still did, I can't tell you, bro. I can't tell we you. We did a show with him, man. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. We did a show with him at Positive Pie. If uh, I, but... I I did a lot. I, I okay. So <laughs> I still wouldn't remember. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain that. So we did a show. We did shows with a lot of weird motherfuckers. Up yes, there. unfortunately, there are some of those. But I mean, not taking away from their talent. If just to get on stage to me, you get some kudos for that because it's not the easiest motherfucking thing. And kudos just for showing up for like five beer tickets and a fucking dinner. Yeah, show up for your gig too. I mean, some people didn't show you know, up for the gigs. <laughs> I had to negotiate with those fuckers for like. I'm like, how about like. You know, we each get like six or seven drink tickets, and yeah, it would be dinner. nice, right? Like, and a piece of pizza. Like we're opening up for Scratch from the Roots, and you want us to just drive up there? Positive Pie first Five. show we got two hundred bucks for. Yeah, eventually. Yep. Yeah, I mean, everything uh, else is a showcase to me, but at 
at that point we were a super crew, so when you split it up, it was like I, know, I don't think 20. I even cared about them. Did I even ask for money? Here's twenty five for you. Here's twenty five. Don't think for I you. think maybe hey, just buy me a drink or something. I don't I don't think I even cared about the money. I was like two hundred bucks, good shit. Yeah, I love performing there. I thought it was a good a good venue. I mean, it was four six people on stage. It's a little cramped, but. It was a little no cramped, doubt, but no doubt. I like the the little weird lightings that like the hanging things they had like icicles or whatever or stars. Or in whatever. the mi- in the mid two thousands, you know, as unfriendly as Vermont was to hip hop, that place had a venue that was friendly. So Positive Pie was downtown Montpelier, just to let everybody know, Montpelier, Vermont, the capital of Vermont, not big at all, but no. just the middle road of a bunch of things that were going on at the time. Them and place. those guys and, and maybe Red Square were like the places that showed oh, love to hip-hop and Well, Vermont. downtown Burlington, had there was a lot of places you could perform at, but there was just um, for if you weren't in Burlington, probably a harder harder deal. Obviously a harder deal because we eat separately or as a group never performed there. No, nah, we didn't stay in Burlington long enough. Right, because we—I uh, mean, we weren't there, we so we kind of—it was hard to get those feel, get those connections, you know, have the connections to be able to you know get that get that thing done. Because the last time we were in Burlington together was we were riding on bikes pushing CDs. You were battling everybody and their mama, and that's how that shit went and, down. And there wasn't really a scene at that point. I mean, I, I remember a dog. A dog was around, but that was DJ shit. You right. Know? There was that no. There was absolutely no scene except for the champ. And yeah. then, like five years, five or six years after we Everything left there, blew up down up there. No v, VT Union, all that kind of stuff, ended up coming out of there and being the central focus. Hmm. But so we're down in Central Vermont, putting in work. I'm fucking, I'm making records for every Tom, Dick, and Harry that wants to say my name on a record. Is are we, are um, we after the two hundred two beef now? Because we need to jump back to Burlington. Pollitt- politics taking out the garbage uh that record comes out you end up coming down well don't talk about me move, don't talk about me moving down there 